Welcome to Theatre Club Podcast. The podcast that brings you theatre news, theatre reviews, and some lovely theatre-related booze. Welcome back for those who have listened before, and if you haven't listened, I am Oscar, and I'm joined by my sister Alice today. Co-host as well as sister. This is a podcast, if you've never listened before, that was set up by myself, my sister, and our two friends Ruby and Madeline. We all live in London, we would go see so much theatre together, and we'd love to talk about theatre, so we thought let's do a podcast where we basically do just that. We love theatre, but we love a bargain. Well, yeah, it's very expensive to go and see a lot of theatre like we do, so we try and do it on the cheap whenever possible, so we bring you all of those kind of tips. We know the best day seat queue to get in, what time you need to get there. Also, we try and give advice on like where to sit in the theatre, kind of which seats are good value for money, which also offer you good sight lines, and yeah, just what to book coming up, because there's so much stuff, so we try and keep on top of what we think is going to be a hot new show to go and see. So if you have an SOS emergency and you don't know what theatre to be booking, where you should sit or how much you should be paying, please DM us on our Instagram page at Theatre Club Podcast. Yeah, so those um, who listened to the last episode, we did one of our Hamilton-themed sort of special episodes. It's the second time we saw it. And I found out after the fact that via Instagram, in fact, that Lin-Manuel Miranda was in the building the night that we saw it. No! I know, he probably wasn't sitting up in the gods. Um, We got cheap seats for that. Do listen back to that episode if you want to find out how we got our cheap seats. But yeah, I'm sure Lynn was probably down down in prime position. But yeah, he was there that night. God, we were in the presence of greatness. greatness. It's cool that he like drops in to see things. I remember last year when they had Bring It On at the Southwark Playhouse, he dropped in to see the cast of that. So it's kind of cool that he keeps... Oh yeah, that's something else that we do every week. We do a top tip. And last week, my top tip for things that people need to be booking is Bring It On. Uh, it's a touring production, also a Lynn Morel Miranda creation, and we've already seen it, and the new production's touring, so I, that was my top tip. But do you want to hear what my top tip is this week? What is your top tip? So my top tip this week is a play called Shook. Now, both you and Madeline have already seen and reviewed this on episode 50 of our podcast. So everyone listen back to that. But if you didn't already listen, it basically you guys just thought it was amazing. Yeah, we both loved it. So I was so happy to hear that, not surprisingly, it has been picked up and taken to the West End. It's opening at the Trafalgar Studios. Uh, it opens on the 8th of April. The play is about three boys in a young offenders institute and a teacher teaching them the ways of becoming a parent. The other thing you need to know is that the tickets are £25, £35 or £45. Yeah, that's cool. And because it's a small, I had a little look at the seating plan actually. It's such a small space that I think for any of those seats you're going to get a good, a good view. I wouldn't worry too much. Just spend what you're happy to spend. Oh, so I've also got another little tip. I saw an offer on Time Out. Uh, if some people are looking to book something more imminently than April for Touching the Void. Did you ever watch the film Touching the Void? No, I've never seen it, but I know about it. It's about the climbers, isn't it? And yeah. Sort of a, it's a real life story. Of... Real life story of two friends, Joe Simpson and Simon Yates, who climbed the uh, Peruvian Andes, thought that they were lost, left for dead. There's sort of a pivotal moment in the, in the it's the film's really good. I've seen it. Yeah, I must watch it. I don't know when I, I say saw it. when I, you know how I'm like really bad watching tense things though. Yeah, I actually left and went upstairs and was asking my friend to like. I was like, "What's happening now?" I really yeah, I've heard it's super super tense. Oh gosh. Um. So it's directed by Tom Morris, who was the co-director for Warhorse and also ran Battersea Arts Centre. Oh, okay. And is sort of in 
does a lot of um, experimental theatre and I've looked at some of the production photos and read some of the reviews and it looks very yes, inventive and done, interesting yeah. set and imaginative. The timeout offer is for £19.50 tickets, which are usually £35. Or you can go for the £45 tickets, which are usually 65 Okay. Tickets are for midweek performances. So that's like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. And also I think this is a really good thing it's a play that would sort of appeal to a wide range of people. So I think it'd be a good one for a date. Yeah. It'd be a good one to take somebody that maybe yeah, doesn't... I've heard, I've do you know what I mean? Like I think thrilling. It, so yeah. I think it's a visceral, thrilling experience. So it's not going to be something that would bore somebody that doesn't want to listen to wordy theatre or yes. something. It's going to be a visceral kind of thrill And ride. it's serious. And it's also like using a lot of like theatrical... Techniques, yeah. Exactly. So go on to time out for that offer if you want to see Touching the Void. Right, let's get on to some reviews. So our first review is of a show that I've been wanting to see for a long time. It's by Kandran Ebb, who you may know as the composer and lyricist of Chicago, Chicago and Cabaret. Mm-hmm. So very high pedigree. And Curtains is currently on a UK tour. And uh, we went to see it in Wimbledon. Yes, and you've been a bit of a Hollywood reporter, haven't you? Going and getting us the inside scoop, tapping up your sources. Yes, yeah, so I managed to get a, a hot scoop and have a little interview with one of the show stars, Ore Aduba. No biggie. No, no biggie. biggie. Just, just, uh... just went and had a chat with Ore um, before we went to see it. Oh, I love Ore. Do you remember the year he won Strictly? I mean, I literally was screaming at my TV when he won. Like You could see him and Joanne just looking at each other, Joanne Clifton, do you remember? Yeah. They couldn't... They were in yeah, shock. Yeah. Oh, it was just amazing. And ever since Strictly, I think this has been a really big ambition of his. And he was in Greece last year as Teen Angel oh, yeah. um, in a small kind of cameo role. But this is his first big role in a musical. So I was very excited to go to Wimbledon and have a chat with him in his dressing room before the show began. So I'm here in lovely Wimbledon, the new Wimbledon theatre, where Curtains is currently in residence, and I'm here with one of the show stars, Ore Aduba. Oh my gosh, Oscar, you can't give me that intro, because we're mates, we're mates! What's so funny? Oh, is that a call for you? That isn't a call for me this time. See, I thought I'd turn that off. That shows how in tune I am with my own room, that even the knobs aren't turning in the right way. Well, that's touring life, isn't it? (laughs) I'm dressing to the next. I know, I know, but we were just saying, in the last, how long has it been? This is my fifth week of doing the show, um, over the two legs. But even in that short time, so much has happened. The show's been in the West End, I've done Panto, and I've started to figure out a lot more about what, Touring life, tour, yeah. because I, I was so new to it at the start. I did Greece before this, and I, I kind of just was parachuted in and then parachuted out. This is the first show I've really got to get my teeth into. Um, and I remember in the first leg, Rebecca Locke, who plays Carmen in in the show, was doing an Insta takeover, and she was going around our dressing rooms in Sheffield, I think it was. And you know, I got some cards from lovely people, from family and other members of the cast, and I put them up, and I was like, well, do you know what? In five days' time, we're going to be out of here yeah, anyway. Okay. So what's the yeah. point? What's the point in, in trying to deck it out and make it look nice? So I'll put the cards up. That's mainly to get them out of the way. Yeah. And then I'll put some makeup on Doesn't and I'll leave. Bad. That'll be it. You've got your bottle of tequila. Now I've got a bottle of tequila. I've got some yeah. flowers. We got... appreciate that at Theatre Club Podcast. We are big tequila fans. Are you? I love tequila. Most oh. of our cocktails that we do are tequila-based. You probably know more than me, but this... If I, what's this one? Oh, this one's... It's a good one. I like that. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Like if this uh, goes well and gets us lots of ticket sales, I, I might share that with you. I'll have to uh, tell you some cocktail recipes. You can do with that. Oscar, it would be a it. pleasure. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling so much more at home now after all this time. And 
um, and really feel like I know how to look after myself, how to how to feel at home when you're jumping from yeah. one town to another. And I love it. Yeah. Aside from being away from family and being yeah, away yeah. from home, as a job, I love the the tour life. I think it's really fun. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what Curtains is about first off before yes. we get into our chat? Just okay. Give me the, the rough synopsis. So, uh, Curtains is a show uh, within a show that's set in 1950s Boston. And essentially, as the audience, you watch this sh- um, show that they're, the, car- the company are putting on called Robin Hood. And it's an ill-fated show. They've, they've signed up a Hollywood star called uh, Jessica Cranshaw, who happens to be terrible like god awful yeah and she happens to get murdered mm. in the very last scene in the bowels so from that very point on we then watch or you audience will watch as um the company try to find out who murdered jessica yeah. and the man in, in the middle of that is lieutenant frank choffey is played by jason manford who not only is he a lieutenant and a detective he's also a huge musical theater fan so he goes about trying to solve these murders but also trying to solve the problems with the show mm-hmm. and it's it's funny it, you know there are capers we use the medium of song and dance to solve our problems yeah as we always do like in musical theater um and you know what i, I love about the show is it there are so many of the traditional raw materials that just make a great show in yeah. it. The choreography is incredible. The music by Kander and Ebb behind Chicago and Cabaret is insane. And and so much of that music people won't have heard before because this is the first time that it's been done in the UK, in yeah. Europe. It was in Broadway, I think, in 2006 or seven. Yeah. But the first time over here. So people won't have heard it, but there's a real familiarity with it because of that those amazing scores have been written by those two um the set incredible the costume i could go on i yeah. just really feel like when i'm really watch the show and you're one of them Oscar, yeah. you'll come away thinking how have i not had that show in my life before yeah and you play aaron fox yes who is one of the show's writers yes he's and you're writing it with your ex-wife uh-huh georgia hendrix as played by the carly wonderful stinson. carly stinson how is that um, playing opposite her oh oscar i can't tell you i can't tell you so um carly and i have been mates since 2016 um her wonderful partner danny was in strictly come dancing in our series and between those two me and my wife Portia we became really really close over the course of the series um, and what's really crazy is I remember we went for a, um, a brunch of course we did <laughs> that's what you do that's what you do in you London you tomorrow what do you want to do dinner breakfast brunch. brunch lovely <laughs> so we went for a brunch and um, Carly was telling us that her next project after doing Les Mis she had spent two years in, in town doing Les Mis was this lovely musical called Curtains with Jason Hanford. And we went, lovely, that sounds incredible. Off you go. We can't wait to hopefully come see it. Four weeks later, I got a call saying, we'd love you to come and meet for this show, Curtains. I said, I know everything about it. Um, And so I I got the part and and knowing that I was going to be playing opposite Carly and Jason, who I've known for a long time as well, was just... Like, it's the stuff of dreams, really. Amazing. And so, obviously, we all know you can dance, because we saw you on Strictly. That happened. Do anything. What about <laughs> the singing? Because in this, you obviously sing a lot. You have yeah. Dress, you have solos. Did you do 
training specifically I, for this? Because I know you said you did Greece before. Uh, yeah. So it's funny because we've been... T- so Oscar and I, for those of you listening, have known each other for, count them, how many, like five years at least? Must be, yeah, good. At least good. five years. And it's really happened in the middle of that. And and after it happened, I went away just basically trying to understand what had just happened and what I was going to do with it because, you know, at the time, only I was one of only 14 people that had won the show and I always wanted to be on the show and I, I'd, I'd never imagined winning it. So I thought... Oh, what am I going to do? Because yeah. this is like it's an incredible opportunity yeah, that I need to make sure I I, I capitalise it and, and take as much of the opportunity that's been given me. And I love performing. I really love performing. And I, I remember you know working with you and 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 talking about okay, well I'm going to sing in lessons, and I really hope that one day I could I might do musical theatre. And I, I don't know how it's going to manifest itself or when it will happen, but that would be the dream one day maybe to go into the West End and. Um, I remember talking to you and being like, I've got this audition that didn't quite work out. Uh, that wasn't for me. And, uh, but meanwhile, just going back to the vocal coaching, just making sure that I always wanted to make sure that I was of a standard that I was proud of and I could be an asset to the company Yeah, because MT is not a, an industry that you can blag. You know, no. these guys, you know, eight shows, eight shows a week. You, you need to be up to scratch. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. you will quite quickly get found out. So um, that was a really important thing for me, just to make sure that my singing was was up to it. And, um, and hey, you know, you be the judge of that tonight. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's a beautiful song. It's actually, it's a real honour to sing because, so we all know about Candor and Ed, but the, the sad end to the partnership was that um, Fred Ed died before this show made it onto Broadway. Yeah. Um, and of course they had this these decades long partnership writing these incredible scores. Um, but he never got to see it actually come to life. And the song I Miss the Music is my character's um, uh, main solo. And um, it's all about missing the music that he wrote with his ex writing partner oh. missing spending that time with them and, and creating this you know these um, incredible incredible sort of emotions and you know yeah but no I do love singing it's a tough sing it's very rangy yeah they well you know they write proper musical theater yeah. songs <laughs> don't they <laughs> yeah way to break your duck yeah <laughs> well thank you very much I've got to let you go because you've got a Yes, we've got warm up. Yeah, in four minutes time. What do you do for your warm up? Do you do stupid games? Um, No, we'll leave that to the last show of the week. (laughs) But yeah, making some noises and having a stretch and that damaged my ankle a couple of weeks ago. Christmas party, Oscar. Oh, not on stage. This is no. No, I don't need any sympathy. I just need more sense and brains. Um, So yeah, just be stretching out and making sure that we put on the best show we ever have for you. Well, I'm so excited to see it. I really, really am. So thank you so much for taking. Taking the time Come on, give show. us a hug, mate. And uh, I really look forward to it. Thanks, Oscar. And, uh, we'll do a full review on the podcast afterwards. So do this. Five stars on its way. Can't wait. Oh, it's on its way. Don't you worry. <laughs> and actually, Oscar, I am going to give that five stars. Let's start from the show from the top. Um, firstly, there was a lovely band. I think it was a nine-piece band that were playing with it. And I thought right from the beginning, the music sounded really rich, the overture. Mm. I was really pleased to hear that. sounded really kind of like big and Broadway kind of sound. The moment that I was, you know, felt comfortable and was like, yes, I love this, was when we met Georgia. 
um, the character Georgia, and she's played by Carly Stenson. And her voice is incredible. Yeah, what a great voice. And I loved listening to every song that she was in. I loved listening to her voice. Yeah, her voice is incredible. And that number that kind of ends the first half, uh, which I think is called That Away, which is a big musical dance number. But again, her voice, all that dancing, her voice never wavered. It's amazing. It was so strong. It almost sounded like pre-recorded. It yeah. was so crisp and clear and smooth. And that whole number was so good. Ah, oh, the the choreography of these these uh, ensemble dancers—they're amazing, aren't they? Yeah, Who the did the choreography. Brilliant. Um, Alistair David did the choreography. It's very traditional Broadway, big numbers. There's a really great ensemble. They work so hard that ensemble. Like the dance, the level of dancing and singing from all of them just goes up and up and up and up. And when when Ari was doing his bits of dancing, I was loving that. Yes, I couldn't take my eyes off him. And I thought his song that he mentioned in his interview, "I Miss the Music," that was really nice because he had sort of said to me about how it kind of mirrored Kendra and Ebbs. You know, echoed their relationship of writing together, and how there's even a musical refrain that he plays on the piano that's right out of cabaret you know so I thought that was a really it was nice knowing that that wasn't really already playing the piano was it no I don't think he was really playing it was the band playing but obviously his character was playing the piano and I thought that was a really nice little call to Kandra and Ebb I thought the book that's the book really shone for me in this show it is a very funny musical the audience were they were laugh out loud yeah, like the producers or something, you know, where the Mel Brooks musical, that kind of very quick, very sharp comedy. And then also, because it is a bit, it is a murder mystery, this um, cast, these actors are held backstage while the investigator figures out who's done the murder. And so it is quite like, you're sort of in a bit of suspense, aren't you? And like, you could hear a lot of gasps. Yeah, there were. People were very getting People were very invested. And Jason Manford plays the um, investigator. Trophy, was he called? Yes, yeah. he's Frank Trophy. He's the inspector investigating this murder, and he his comic timing mm, is brilliant. perfect. He just does that thing where he looks out to the audience and holds you for a minute, and then changes his mind. You know, yeah. in a kind of it's he's just brilliant. And actually, his voice is really amazing. I didn't know he could sing. I yeah. ha- you know, I know he's done other musicals. He was in The Producers, actually, yes, wasn't exactly. he? Yeah, he was. Um, so I really, I just enjoyed watching him. He was very sweet, I thought. And I think the musical's written very well. His character's written very well in that I was kind of imagining before I went in that he's this detective who really wants to be in musicals and loves musicals and is also serving. I kind of thought maybe he'd be a bit more like the butt of the joke, whereas they actually played it more sincerely that like his love of musicals and his love of theatre was something that the show really cherished and found endearing. It was a really fleshed out character. Yeah, because he was both doing his job, but also loved the show. And there was so much humour kind of mined from those moments where he gets swept up when he's in the murder investigation, but he's then totally distracted yeah, by go, an idea he's had for the I've show. I've got it. I've got it. And they'll go, who, what? And they'll go, we need to open the act with the song, but we need to harmonise more and or something. Yeah, yeah. And then they're all like, oh, we thought you meant the murder. He's like, oh, we'll come to that later. Yeah, I thought that was just really good. And it wasn't played too broad of like, he's kind of an idiot who's more interested in the show than solving a case. Do you know what else he I was really both. impressed with? The accents. Everyone obviously is set in America. Everyone's yeah. accent was fantastic don't you think no one slipped i wasn't ever like oh that's a bit awkward you know that's a bit cringe accents were definitely on point and the other two people that we loved were the producers oh yeah so rebecca Locke played carmen 
and uh, Martin Callahan played Oscar Shapiro, who was like the backer. And they they're both just absolute musical theatre pros, aren't they? Yeah. Safe pair of hands couldn't sum it up any better. No. They were both just, you know, I, Martin um, Callahan. It's a smaller role than um, Rebecca Locks, but every line he had was totally. He squeezed every little bit out of it. And together, their relationship and their their dynamic together was really nice. Watching them when they had songs together or they acted together, they just yeah. really. Yeah, I love those guys. And she's just a phenomenal performer. Her song It's a Business from the second half, she just absolutely gives it everything and every little look. You can tell she's been doing this, you know, for a long time and she's got every inch of that performance down. Every look, every gesture, every bit of that choreography. Sort of Amelda Staunton. She's in that league. Yeah. I'd put just, her, you know, she's one of those actresses. Oh yeah. Every single moment's been thought about in that performance and every single moment lands perfectly and so she has a daughter in the cast she sorry her character has a daughter in the cast oh yeah bambi and bambi has a solo dance number it's brilliant oh yeah it's so good and she's a fantastic dancer and oscar and i love dance we like really you know we love going watching the royal ballet we watch things at saddle as well so we're kind of quite critical sometimes aren't we yeah and we're looking out for things she was so good and I actually looked up to see what else she'd done just because I'm interested and she's done a lot of dance stuff at the Royal Albert Hall she's in 42nd Street uh, what's she um, called the actress she's called Emma Caffrey yeah she was great and I thought that um character Bobby played by Alan Burkett was also great he was kind of he played opposite her in that dance number and he did a lot of the a lot of the big dance numbers and I thought he was great his athleticism good jump on him yeah got very good height on that stage. jump yeah, I think this is just a classic kind of Broadway sound. Kandra and Ebb have really brought a touch of class to the score and the lyrics are really clever. I remember that song, he did it, when they're all sort of accusing each other. The speed of those lyrics and the wordplay in that is incredible. So I think it's a really classy, professional, grown-up musical with brilliant music, brilliant lyrics. And this production is, it looks great. Lighting's great, costumes great, sets Choreography's great. great. Choreography is there's brilliant. Not, there's not a boring song. You know how usually in these older musicals, there's usually the kind of what's that one in Guys and Dolls? We're like, oh, what more can I wish you? Oh, hope I can't bear it. Love. And you're like, can we skip this song? It's so dull. Yeah, it is. There isn't one of those. No, they're all great. There isn't. There isn't a dull moment in it. I smiled no. from the beginning to the end. I loved every minute. It wasn't too. It wasn't too long. There wasn't like a, a storyline that you were like, we could do without that yes, whole subplot. It was very, well, that's because they were trapped in a theatre. It keeps the whole story tight, confined, moving along. I want to go again. It is such good fun and it's a real crowd pleaser. And I hope on the rest of its tour, it does really well because I think if people go and see it, I just think it, people will be hard pressed not to be I mean, kind what of a, entertained. What a slick show. Yeah, it's really great. Really slick. The acting, the accents, the dancing the way that they all interacted i actually they you obviously they're a group of actors but you felt that they were all like a family like a family which is how things are backstage and you really felt that i'm really glad we got to see it and if you want to see it it's got quite a few dates left can i not read them let me read them okay so we have Liverpool, 28th of Jan to the 1st of Feb. Lindunno, 4th of Feb to the 8th of Feb. Norwich, 11th to the 15th of Feb. Northampton, 25th to the 29th of Feb. Blackpool, 3rd to the 7th of March. Glasgow, 10th to the 14th of March. Leicester, 16th to the 21st of March. High Wycombe, 24th to the 28th of March. Wolverhampton, 31st to the 4th of April. Southampton, 7th to the 11th of April. 
if it's at Southampton, it'll be at the Mayflower, which is a really good theatre. Yeah, I think definitely if you're near any of those theatres, definitely go and watch it. I just think... Take anyone. Oh, there yeah, was nobody the that would not enjoy this. Yeah, it was really, really great. Jason and Manford is brilliant. Ori's brilliant. Everyone is... Everyone's brilliant. Everyone's brilliant. I'm so happy because obviously, you know, I do know Ori and I was really excited to see him in something. But you know when you're like, there's also the risk. What if the show's <laughs> not good? What if he's not good? So I was just totally relieved when he sang his first song. I'm like... He's great. The show's great. Yeah. I can relax because I can just honestly say that it's really enjoyable. So, yeah, that was, we had a really fun night, didn't we? I absolutely loved it. And I just thought it was heartwarming, funny, clever, and like a, a successful, brilliant musical. So I'm going to do um, a Curtains-themed cocktail. We always do a cocktail on the show, if you haven't listened before, but we kind of theme to one of the shows. But this one, rather than themed to Curtains, it's more Aurea Aduba-themed, because when I was in his dressing room, I noticed that he'd been gifted a bottle of Almeca tequila, which is a really nice make that I personally use a lot. And so I'm going to do an easy cocktail recipe that he could make a cocktail with using that tequila. Um, it's a twist on a margarita. This is the Curtains Margarita. So this is the Curtains Margarita. I wanted to make something simple that you could do with tequila that anyone could do, really. Listen, um, we don't need the backstory. Just tell us what's in it. We love a margarita. <laughs> this is basically just a margarita, but um, it's just tequila. And then it's half lime juice, half orange juice mix. The orange juice gives it a bit of extra sweetness. Mm. And then a little bit of agave syrup. You could add Cointreau if you want, but I like to keep it super simple. So just a good shot of tequila and then equal parts um, of this orange and lime juice mix. Do you think Ori's actually going to make this with his tequila? Yeah, why not? It's but so it, easy. All you need is a lime and an orange. But explain it clearly for Ori. Ori, you take your tequila. You are going to need a shaker of some variety, I think. Or you if he just... hasn't got a shaker, he could use a jam jar. Shot of tequila, and then um, I would juice, uh, for us, I've juiced a whole lime and half an orange. Mm -hmm. And then I've mixed that with the tequila. Squirt of agave syrup. Um, if you don't have that, you could use some, like, uh, honey. Listen, just sort of... Ori's got agave, okay? He's a fancy guy. Yeah, he's doing brunch, he's doing agave, he's yeah. doing it all. Shake it on ice, and then put it in a lovely salt-rimmed glass. You want to be using, I'd say, a rock, uh, sort of molden salt don't use like a fine salt otherwise i find it gets too salty i don't know if ori is gonna like a salt room glass why what makes you say that i don't know a lot not a lot of people do do they not no actually do you know what i didn't used to but i've come on board exactly so you know i always I have i always and i you bought you have. on mm. you brought me on leaps and bounds but sometimes what i do is i just um you get your bit of lime and you rub it around the glass so that the salt sticks sometimes i just rub half the glass and i do a half salt rim he could do that so you can pick and you can choose you can pick and you can choose all right that is what you do with your tequila please everyone make that drink send us your photos and we will put them on our instagram yeah page. and at Aurea Duba in it so ask you've been from one hot hollywood reporting to the next you've been to a press night for new play open at the national theater yes i went to see the welkin um mm -hmm. it's by the playwright lucy kirkwood who's done a couple of things at the national they've been very successful and this is her new play um and i'll give you the quick synopsis Rural Suffolk, 1759, as the country waits for Haley's Comet, Sally Poppy is sentenced to hang for a heinous murder. When she claims to be pregnant, a jury of 12 matrons are taken from their housework to decide whether she's telling the truth or simply trying to avoid the noose. 
With only midwife Lizzie Luke prepared to defend the girl and a mob baying for blood outside, the matrons wrestle with their new authority and the devil in their midst. And then this is kind of based on true, this did happen, that if a woman claimed to be pregnant but was in the early stages, so it was not as easy to tell, they would get a group of matrons, as they called them, which is women who have had children themselves, together to try and determine whether or not the woman was pregnant and that's basically the basis of this play but why would you need to know if you are or you are not well they won't hang her if she's pregnant they won't kill the unborn child so basically it's you know her life is on the line and these women have to decide and we're first introduced to these women they're in a lineup and they each step forward and the judge asks them to take an oath and they tell us a little bit about themselves and that scene was really really funny it's a very funny play it's it's very serious of course because it's it is all about women and it uses that time period to show the hard work and how awful childbirth was for women and how women's bodies were looked at and women were abused but it is very funny and it's quite anachronistic which is a word that I never remember but I had to look it up because it anachronistic means um when you have something from one time setting kind of juxtaposed in another so this is set in 1759 but sometimes the language is quite anachronistic mm-hmm. so they'll use phrases that sound more modern mm. not not really modern but they'll you know they'll use swear words lucy poppy says to you know she says to the guy if he looks at her again she's gonna kick his cock into his kidneys you know, so it's kind of, she's quite feisty and angry. Cool, I like um, the sound of this. Yeah, and all the women. So we, we go into the room with these women. It's kind of, you know, the uh, film 12 Angry Men, mm-hmm. where 12 male jurors have to, you know, decide the fate of um person being accused. This is quite kind of like that, but with women set in 1759. And they're put in this room with one man, but he's not allowed to speak to them. He just has to be there to monitor the proceedings. And it's not until they've reached their verdict that he can speak when he asked them what their verdict is. So that was an interesting idea that this is a space in a time when women didn't really have a say in the legal system at all, but they kind of have the power for this one moment where they're in this room and he can't speak at all. So it's it's very interesting and it's very richly textured characterizations. Does it and, need to be three hours long? Well, I don't know because, yes, obviously not a lot happens. It's them discussing and things do come out of the woodwork and there are some big reveals and kind of plot twists as it were but I just kind of I actually did enjoy the length of it in a way because it was kind of it was just richly textured piece the characters were very interestingly drawn and each of them had their own experience I actually the whole time I was actually really involved and the performances by the 12 women especially are just phenomenal they're all just really they've just got an amazing cast who all really make their pieces individually um i was going to sort of mention some that i thought were especially good but actually i won't bother because they're all great maxine mm-hmm. peak obviously Rhea, you know i'd love to see maxine peak on stage she's great she brings it that um gravitas and that kind of earnest honest you know her character you sympathize with her is it is actually really good i think you would also really mentioning enjoy it. and don't forget that the um the national theater on friday do rush tickets so you log on at 12 o'clock or is it one o'clock now one o'clock, I think, one on o'clock. the website, and you can buy tickets for the following week. For £20. Pounds. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Otherwise, tickets are between £32 and £89. Pounds. But this is also going to be broadcast in cinemas nationwide on the 21st of May. 
So this is one I'm definitely going to recommend that our mum goes to see because I don't know if she'll come get be able to get up to London to see it, but I think she'll love this. And also to sit in a cinema to see something that long, you can be a bit more comfy. You can go to the toilet more easily. Yeah, that's true. If you need to, less pressure. It's less pressure. Yeah, and I think I kind of kept thinking this would make a kind of a great film in the way, obviously, because it's kind of riffing on Twelve Angry Men. Um, so I think it will work really well in the cinema. But anyone that wants to go and see it, I know it's quite long. And that's a bit daunting, but I actually think it's worth it. And for me, I actually didn't get bored because I was really interested in hearing these women's stories and hearing their characters. And I just, yeah, it really worked for me and I really, really enjoyed it. So unless you've got a short attention span or hate women, go. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So yeah, The Welkin is going to be on until May 23rd or catch it in cinemas on May 21st. And at the National, was it in the Laurence Olivier? Oh yeah, sorry, it's in the Littleton. Well, I've also been to see something, but I'm not on the uh, cutting edge of opening nights. I'm seeing something at the tail end, which is the Lion Witch in the Wardrobe at the Bridge Theatre. Oh yeah. This was their Christmas show that started before Christmas and is finishing um, end of Feb but I went to see it just before it closed and it was so fun. Oh really? It's really sweet, it's magical, it's you know it's Narnia so that's snow, that's the Mr Tumnus in an amazing outfit with his umbrella, like everything you wanted it was and it was so inventive. The scenery was amazing. They had this great lighting design going through the floor that looked like pieces of iceberg for the Queen. Yeah. And the Queen herself was amazing. I mean, quite scary. And she had the gorgeous, just gorgeous costumes and everything was just so much fun. The only thing I sort of would would say is we went as two adults with no children and it is very much a family show. Yeah. So... I would think it would be more something I would... If I was going back, I would only go with children this time. This was very much playing to children. The script was quite... You know, it was appealing to, like, you could take a five-year-old to it. Okay, yeah. So it just felt a little bit more... Um, unsophisticated, but only yes. in the, only in the speech and the yeah. script, not in the sets, the costumes. All of that was just a visual delight, and anyone yeah. would like that. So I had a quick look on the website, and the tickets are a fortune. Oh, really? They're like eighty, ninety pounds. Um, nice, yeah, we especially we wanted to take a family. Yeah, so. The cheap seats are all gone, but I'm sure if you check, keep on checking back, they might become available. But if you do want to go and see this, it is on TodayTix. So you could do go onto the app and you could do TodayTix and do the rush tickets in the morning. Okay, and it's on till when? And it's on till the 1st of Feb. Okay, so what have we got coming up for our next episode? Looking ahead, we're going to see Endgame with Alan Cumming and Daniel Radcliffe, which was our first top tip of 2020. That's at the Old Vic. Really excited about that. We're also going to see Prince of Egypt at the Dominion Theatre. It's not to the end of Feb, so that might be a couple of episodes away, but I am looking forward to that. And the Young Vic Fairview's just finished and Nora, A Doll's House, which is a kind of adaptation of an Ibsen play, which I don't know much about, but we've got that soon. So listeners, if there are any shows that you would like us to go and see, please do send us a message on our Instagram page at Theatre Club Podcast. Yes, give us your recommendations. Um, And thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you, long-term listeners. Thank you, new listeners. Thank you to Aurea Duba for uh, taking the time before curtains to have a chat with me please let us know if you like a salted glass we need to know yes sorry we need to know (laughs) and until next time you've been listening to theatre club podcast podcast